And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey y'all, what's up and welcome to episode 57 of The Drop Set. I am, in fact, your host, Darren Starr. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it today. What is it? It is officially, right now, Thursday, June 28th. We're in the middle of summer here, which is apparently monsoon season in Knoxville, Tennessee. What the holy hell is going on out here? I swear, I thought our house was going to just float away last night. The rain was coming down. Thunder was just insane all night long. Lightning flashes waking me up. I mean, it was wild. I woke up to gutters overflowing, and uh, I mean, I'm like, holy crap, what is going on? Meanwhile, if you've been following me on Instagram, I'm trying to build a damn deck, and it's really hard when <laughs> when you're like out there, and you're like, oh, 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 look, here come the clouds. There's thunder. There's a raindrop. Okay, I got to go inside. All right, cool. So you sit it out, and it goes for like eight, nine, ten minutes, and then you're like, Okay, cool. Rain's dying down. All right, cool. And we're back out. Let me get my squeegee out here and dry off the deck because I'm down on my hands and knees. I want it to be a little bit dry. Um, and then, lo and behold, I'm out there for five minutes. Clouds, thunder, rain. Oh, crap. Meanwhile, I'm the guy. I don't care. I, I am a total idiot. I would be out there in the elements. I'd be up on my ladder uh, with my power tools and whatever out in the rain because, as I mentioned, I'm an idiot. Um, thankfully my wife keeps me in check and says, Hey, Darren, you're a damn idiot. Get the hell inside. (laughs) She doesn't say it quite like that. She's, she's much nicer than I give her credit for, but, uh, it it is, you, you have her to thank for me being alive at this point, probably. So, um, and speaking of, we just had our, uh, third anniversary yesterday. So happy anniversary, sweetie. We had a, um, a lovely dinner out with um, our niece, who's, who's staying with us this week. So um, it wasn't exactly a romantic candlelight dinner. We went to Outback, <laughs> so, um, which is uh, consistently probably like my favorite place. Like for birthdays, that's always where I want to go just because I can go there and eat until I make myself sick and love every second of it. So um, yeah, that's what we did. Uh, let's see. We've got some, some stuff coming up this week, um, in this episode, which I think is kind of exciting. So we have the inaugural section of our Q and a segment. Um, I put out the call and I was begging and pleading. I was down on my hands and knees, hands to the sky saying, please, please call me and leave your questions. And three people obliged. So, Thank you for that. We will get to those questions and my responses to those shortly here. Um, But I really appreciate it. I do want more of that um, just because I find this to be a really, really, I mean, you know, it's all about trying to, uh, I'll I'll get into the nitty gritty here. I've been doing a little bit of podcast research. And one thing that I've found in doing that is, man, I got to step up my game. Like... (laughs) I feel like I do an okay job, but there there could be a lot more polish and there could be some consistently better content on here. So I, I'm accepting that challenge and I will be attempting to step up my game as much as I possibly can in that respect. Um, but uh, what, one thing that I've read in, in some of my um, endeavors to engage with the podcasting community and try and, you know... Uh, contribute, help out with what I know and seek some tips and advice from other people is, 
you know, they, they always say, get your audience to engage with you. So that's what I'm trying to do here, just to, you know, pull the curtain so you can see what's going on behind the scenes. I'm trying to get you guys to engage with me. And so that's the reason I have the poll. The poll is kind of like clickbait, clickbait to help get you onto the site, um, just because I, I want you on the site. You know, at the same time, um, I, I'm offering as much knowledge, info, and quote-unquote wisdom as I possibly can. Uh, and, you know, all of it, it, it's because I enjoy doing it. I like the format of this podcast. I like the ability to just turn on a microphone and yammer into it for an hour at a time and just know that people are going to hear that and, uh, you know, engage and have follow-ups. But also, to be clear, I'm trying to promote my business and what I do, and I'm trying to demonstrate through the podcast that I have at least some level of expertise in that respect. So, um, therefore, clickbait to get you onto my site, and then maybe um, you know you try and hit the close button, but you accidentally click on the button that says coaching services, and then you read about me, and you're like, oh, okay, and then you know, I mean. I mean, just full disclosure, that's what's going on. That's my master plan is to um, get inquiries by potential clients uh, via accidental click. That That's my master plan. So we'll see how that works for me. Um, let's see. This weekend, it's Thursday right now. This weekend, I don't have any clients doing shows. So I think on Friday night, I'm going to turn my computer off and probably not turn it back on until Sunday. I say that now. We'll see how that goes. On Sunday, I do have a client doing a check-in, and I need to send her a, pa- a plan for, for peak week that will start on Sunday. So um, I, I can't stay away for the whole weekend. I need to make sure I'm there for that. But other than that, I think I might might take a day off. I haven't had a legitimate day off since um, Christmas slash New Year's, I think, um, when we were in Mexico. It's been a while is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, to be clear, I'm not working 12-hour days every day. I got a few of those for sure. Um, but there's just something to be said for never really taking a full-on break. So I'm going to try and make that happen here. Um, let's see. Let's talk about poll results. What do we have here? The poll from last week was, let me pull it up here. What best sums up your feelings and experiences with banned slash illegal substances, parentheses, including SARMs and research chemicals? It was right about a 60-40 split between, um, well, yeah, yeah, um, between positive and negative. Um, So about 60%, 57%, we'll call it 60, said haven't used them, haven't considered it. And then 40%, about 42, um, are, are divided between the following groups, have used them before and will again or are currently, or haven't used them but I've considered it or am planning to. Um, the, the fourth option there was I've used them before but won't in the future. That got a big old goose egg on the vote tally. So um, nobody puts themselves in that category. Basically meaning um, once you go to the dark side, you don't go back apparently, I guess. I don't know. Um, so that was that. Thank you to, to all who voted on that. Um, I have a, a very basic yes or no question for the poll this week, which is yes or no. Do you feel you consistently push as hard in the gym as you can? Now, that does not mean every freaking day, but more days than not, do you consistently feel like you're pushing as hard as you can? I want honest answers on that, and I'm curious to see what people think. So, um, hit that up. You can go to, um, five star physique.com that star with two R's 
or you can actually go to the dropset.com and then click on home once you're there. So if you go to five star physique, you'll notice that there's a button um, up at the top that says the drop set. That's the page for the podcast. Same thing as if you go to dropset.com, it's just a redirect that takes you to that page. So the dropset.com will still get you on my main page, but the poll is on the home page from there. So um, just so you know how things are put together. Um, so that, uh, that is where we sit. So new poll is up. Um, what we're going to talk about this week, we've got a couple things going on actually. So, um, we have, what was it? We're going to have a talk about, um, two topics. First of all, what really happens on show day? Not so much like, okay, well, this is what you eat. This is how much you drink. This is your supplementation for show day. But you know, you're backstage, things are happening. What the hell is going on? You know, what can you expect when you go into show day? Um, and how can you prepare yourself for that? And there's one really, really basic little piece of advice um, that is going to make sure that you're always prepared for anything. And I'm going to save that. That's what we call a teaser. Uh, so we're going to save that and let you think about, um, let, let you think about what that might be. But later on in that segment, I will reveal it. And the other thing that we're going to talk about is, um, and this is something that is very near and dear to me. Um, what are the differences if you are, um, searching for a coach to work with, um, you find a coach who work, works with people in person or um, works with people online. Um, what uh, what's the difference? You know how how can you tell? Um, and I just wanted to talk about that a little bit and say, uh, you know, h- how can you know if you are planning on working with a coach if it is somebody who works largely with people who are. Um, working online, uh, clients who are online, or if they're people that they are working with in person. So. Um, let's see. I wanted to also touch on, um, new reviews and comments. Um, I don't have any actually. I got some good feedback in the question and answer. We'll get to that momentarily here. And, uh, but I'm looking at like iTunes reviews. I don't see anything new there. So, um, by all means go and leave some feedback. You don't even have to say it's good, but please do say it's good. Uh, I'm not going to require it, but I will ask nicely. <laughs> or if, if it's not good, um, be, uh, be kind maybe would be good enough. Um, I think that's about it and we can get into it. So the first thing that we're going to do here is we're going to jump into the Q and a. Now I recorded that Q and a segment yesterday with the full intention of having a voiceover intro ready for it that said, and now listener Q and a or something like that. I didn't get that. So it's going to sound a little weird maybe, but I'm going to try and throw in some kind of little audio transition here and hopefully it's a little less awkward, but uh, just, just so you know, if it, uh, if it sounds like, wow, that sounds amateurish, just know, yeah, I'm well aware of it and, and my apologies. So, uh, it might be cringeworthy, but we'll see. Let's get down to it in three, two, one, and brace yourself. Ah, yes, here we go. This is the inaugural Q&A segment, the first one. So I put out the call. It, it was more of a plead last week, like, come on, guys, don't embarrass me. Don't let me embarrass myself. <laughs> you know, somebody call, please. And we had some responses this week. People came through, and uh, it wasn't my wife. She said she would, um, but she didn't have to. So <laughs> um, I have some uh, some calls this week. Once again, the number for that, uh, 865-518-2974. If, you're, if you get a wild hair, just go to the dropset.com. The number is right there. You can call it. Again, I won't answer the phone. It's just a messaging service. Leave your question there. And it's going to sound a little bit like this. Hi, Darren. This is Erin, Fit Mom Erin. Um, I wanted to ask a question. I 
things, although you haven't had any questions asked yet, so I wanted to be your first one. I'm not really sure if my question will be podcast-related or not, but what age do you suggest that kids start getting into physical fitness, working out, lifting weights, et cetera, et cetera? Um, my son is going to be eight. I know that's still a little young, but um, he's starting to maybe put on a few extra pounds than he should have. Um, he doesn't really like to go out and do a lot of running around, cardio kind of stuff. So um hoping to maybe to maybe have him start maybe with some weights. Um, what do you suggest? Hopefully this is podcast able. All right, cool. Thank you, Aaron. Much appreciated. Um, Aaron is an avid listener, and uh, I always uh, I always appreciate the feedback that I get from you people. So thank you very much. Um, it's a good question. It's a good question. So we're talking about you know an eight year old kid, and a lot of people are like, man, just go out and play. But you know, I mean, you know, society and and culture is different today than it was when I was eight years old. I mean, good Lord, smartphone wasn't even a twinkle in Steve Jobs' eye back then. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, so, I mean, you know, technology is making things different and just culture in general has made things different. So the whole, you know, just go out and play and, you know, you know, have some fun and sweat a little bit. It, there's so many other options for kids to do. What I think you should do, and clearly, keep in mind, you're asking for advice from somebody who doesn't have kids. So just take all of this with a massive, massive grain of salt. Um, find something that he is interested in. So maybe it is weights. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe it's you know a, a sport or something. Just something to be active. Basically, you know, kids need to eat in order to grow. And if they get some way to burn off some calories at the same time, great. Especially if, you know, AA is too too young to be concerned, I think, with any kind of body composition. But, you know, talk to people who are overweight and they'll they'll tell you oftentimes it started when they were young. And if only they had been more active from an earlier age, you know, I always think about, you know, because I, I got started lifting relatively late. Like I was in my, my mid-20s before I was really serious about it. And I'm just thinking, man, if I could have taken advantage of that when I was younger, I, I mean, you know, Get, getting an earlier start in something like that would be a lot more effective. Um, so to, to the people who would say, you know, eight's too young to lift weights, I know there's a school of thought that says, you know, your bodies are still growing. Well, you know, I mean, when you tell kids to go out and play, you don't tell them to, okay, well, go out and play, but don't work too hard. You know, don't, don't exert yourself too much. I mean, you know, m muscles are designed to work. I mean, you know, you don't want, I, I wouldn't necessarily say an eight-year-old should start doing powerlifting, but, you know, you can go in and as long as you're intelligent about it, you can move some weights around. And I would say just make sure that he has guidance. Um, I mean, the, the trickier thing is I think eight is probably too young for a lot of gyms. Um, so maybe there's, if, if you've got a home gym set up, great. That's one way to do it. Um, or if you can find a local gym where, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, somebody will let you in with a kid under your belt. You know, I mean, that, that would certainly work too. I don't think there's any reason to avoid it as long as you're safe and intelligent with how you do it. And you, you know, you emphasize from an early age, you know, form is important. This is how we do things. You know, we don't just throw weight around. It's about making the muscles work. And, you know, maybe that's something that really quick clicks with him. And uh, maybe it's something where he's like, yeah, I don't like this. And then, you know, move on to the next thing. But some kind of a, a team-based sport might be good. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to avoid lifting at a young age. As long as it's something that they want to do, if they feel pulled into it and they're, they're, they're attracted to it for whatever reason, I think that's great, and I totally support it. What's next? Uh, Darren, I was going to rant to you about five minutes about the science behind self-control. Um, and that Oreo comment you made probably two years ago about having Oreos and 
in your house and having to have self-control not to eat the whole thing. That will have to wait for another time because 20 seconds is pretty short and I've probably already gone over it. This is Emily Buffbear from Eugene, Oregon. Uh, and I think I've listened to most of the podcast episodes by now. And I know you've touched on this, but one of the things that I really struggle with is defending my food choices. All of the time people are asking why I'm not eating what the rest of the group is eating, if it's a barbecue, if it's a, a meeting at work, or um, they're questioning why I'm not eating. And um, I'm trying not to get really defensive, but I would like some tools in my toolbox for um, just saying, you know, it's none of your business what I eat. <laughs> so some suggestions, maybe a little bit more on that might be helpful. Thanks. Brilliant question, Emily. Thank you. Um, that that is that is a really good one. So, um, and Eugene represent. By the way, I used to live there. So, um, yeah, uh, that that is a tricky one. And I think you know most people who have gone through a show prep probably could could answer this with you know a tactic here and there. And because everybody's experienced this, you get people. Some people who are genuinely curious, and some people who seem practically offended. Like you know, why are you doing this? You know, why why are you making my life difficult? <laughs> <laughs> with with your food choices, um, and you know what what I would tell people is I would never um, answer this question from a defensive posture. Um, so just and whether it's if you're being put in a position where um, you're made to think like you're hearing a question that puts you on the defensive, kill that instinct first off, and always assume that somebody is asking just because they're curious. And take it as an opportunity to educate them. And, you know, maybe they know. You can probably cut through some of the basics with some people. You know, if it's somebody you don't know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm working on a bodybuilding competition. It's something I've had as a goal for a long time, and I just have to be really careful about what I eat. It's not the way I eat all the time, but you know, for for this stretch of time here, it, it's kind of important that you know, you know, every every little calorie counts. So I've just got to be super OCD about it. I don't necessarily want to live my life like this every single day, but you know, for right now, I'm just making a really big push, and you know, um, it goes along with, you know, a really uh, aggressive lifting program. I'm, I'm doing cardio as well. And we're just going to see what happens. And, you know, I, I, I could really use, you know, re could really use the support, you know, basically ma make people know, like, th this is hard. And if you're questioning me and making it harder, you ain't helping. And I'm going to recognize you as somebody who's making my life more difficult, and I will act accordingly. And <laughs> the, the way to act accordingly, oftentimes, is to cut the person out for a while. Um, you know, stick with the people who support you and who've got your back. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, more casual acquaintances, people that you know, like I can do without them. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, your family, et cetera, You've got to, you've got to make some concessions for. I think, but. That's also why I think it's important to pick your battles. I never like to make a huge deal of it. Like, um, you know, one one thing is, you know, if you're if you're in prep and you go to a party or something, it's very common. Um, a, a common tactic is to eat beforehand and then just avoid stuff while you're there, because it, if you're at a restaurant eating at a Tupperware, you're begging people to ask you questions. Um, but if you're like at a party and everybody's got food and you don't, they would very well just assume that maybe she already ate. I don't know. Um, or they're like, you should go get some food. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. And then you just never do. You know, no, nobody's going to care. And if there are people who do care, they're the food police that are going to force you to eat. It says a lot more about them than it does about you. Um, so my, my 
general tactic is to keep it as low key as possible. Like I try not to call attention to it because frankly, you know, it's what I do for a living, you know, contest prep is what I do for a living and I'm not always in prep myself, but when I am cutting, the last thing I want to do is, and this is just selfish and also because I'm an introvert, the last thing that I want to do is something that's going to call attention to myself and give people an opening to make me talk about work when I'm trying to be at a social event. So the last thing I want is to call attention to my food choices or anything like that. So, you know, if it's something where, you know, maybe I've, I've got a cheat meal planned, I'm like, all right, well, it's going to be at this party. I'd rather do something else, but I'm just going to have whatever's at this party and that's going to count as my cheat meal for the week. Or I'm going to eat beforehand. I'll have a Diet Coke or something while I'm there, you know, nibble on some calorie-free things if I can find some available and that's it and just call it good and then eat when I'm done. You know, there's a lot of things you could do like that. But the, my main tactic is minimize the um, uh, ability for people to call attention to it. And not that you have to hide it, but just try and be low key about it. Avoid some conversations. And then when they do spring up, um, don't approach it defensively and try to educate. And, you know, most people are going to be down with that. And if they're not, again, that says more about them than it does about you. Hey, Darren, this is Caleb Zanoska from Knoxville, Tennessee. I was just wondering um, if you think there is a any real advantage to the so-called rebound effect you get from doing a contest prep, or some people say if you do a contest prep, you'll get a rebound effect if you get really lean when you're trying to rebulk back up, or if that's just a myth that's something that's not really true. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Thank you, Caleb. And this is like a, this is like a, a greatest hits of my hometown, so Knoxville represent. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally buy into it as a real thing. Um, I think it's extremely so, – so you put your body in a prolonged deficit. You do a lot of cardio. You've got a lot of energy expenditure going on. You know, Even the best uh, planned diet, um, you're going to lose a little bit of muscle as well. Um, you know, hopefully we want to minimize that, but having a a zero gram muscle loss isn't practical. You're going to lose a little bit. We don't want to lose a lot, but you're going to lose a little. So once you actually get some calories back in your system, I mean, I would say take a day off for most people, um, maybe two days and then, you know, take advantage because post-show you're going to get a flood of calories in your system, um, like that night. And so, you know, a lot of people are worn down, but by the same token, you know, typically you have at least Friday and Saturday off from the gym leading into a show. Oftentimes people will have Wednesday as their last day, so they'll take Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. So by the time Sunday rolls around, you're tired, probably don't want to do some cardio, but man, you've got calories in your system. Go lift. And that is the start of your rebound right there. Um, the, the, you're you're going to experience some scale rebound and not all of it's going to be positive, but just getting that flood of calories in your system and you're going to see things creep out and, you know, if you... If you do it right and you lift aggressively on on that day after with all those calories in your system after being depleted, you're going to be like, man, why couldn't I have looked like this on stage? I mean, you're going to see detail pop up. You're going to be full and hard all over. Um, it's a good thing. And the the trick, so the rebound is very real. The trick is that people get carried away with it, and then before you know it, give give it a few weeks, and they've spilled over completely, and they're putting on more fat than muscle. So that that's something that you've got to be careful of. Um, it, it's easy to get greedy, and you're like, I'm having more calories, and my workouts are going great. So clearly, more calories still will make for even better workouts. Yeah, be careful with that. <laughs>
be careful there. There is a threshold there that you don't want to go over. Um, and you'll know it when you do, but well, actually typically you'll know it about a week or so after you hit that threshold and be like, Oh man, I'm a little tubby, but yeah, it's a very real thing. I absolutely believe on that. And for, for clients that I work with who are not natural competitors as well, sometimes we'll plan cycle use around that as well. So that the couple weeks coming out of a show, we're not necessarily going to hop off everything. We're going to keep some stuff in your system so that we can continue to capitalize on that while we're trying to maximize the rebounds, the positive ones that we get out of that post-show. So um, one other uh, Q&A, and then we'll wrap this segment up. This came from Adam Wagner. This was via an Instagram message, and he just sent me a, a note saying, hey, love the podcast, thanks. Hey, by the way, just wondering about this. So um, he was having a question on um, shaking up workout variables and how to do that. So you know, if you, if you know me, I'm a big advocate of um, changing up workouts completely and entirely about every four weeks. And his question was, um, you know, to what degree is that productive? Like how, how much should we really be shaking things up? And so I would say, you know, take all your workout elements, throw them in a blender and turn it on and see what comes out. I mean, everything is on the table. So the number of days in your split or rotation, um, the makeup of those workouts, like if you're doing a single leg day or if you're doing multiple leg days, if you're doing chest as a standalone workout, or if you're doing chest and triceps together, maybe you're doing a designated arm day. Well, you can split that up into chest and triceps, back and biceps. So the actual workout construction is totally up for grabs. Your overall volume is totally up for grabs. Like if you're at a high volume split, maybe try some lower volume work, which just means, you know, shorter workouts. It doesn't necessarily mean low rep. Um, you know, you can do really high rep stuff that's still low volume just by controlling your sets and number of exercises. So number of exercises, number of total sets, your rep ranges, your rest periods, your superset configurations, all of those things, tempos as well. All of those things are on the table. So, um, when I'm constructing workouts, I think about, you know, what purpose do I want this to serve? You know, what is a good workout uh, split that would precede and follow this particular one? You know, how are we going to shake these variables up um, and take it from there? So that's a really good question. And the answer is everything is on the table. So don't be afraid to shake up absolutely everything. Follow Darren on Instagram at Darren underscore star to see client profiles, updated workout plans, and tips and tricks on training and nutrition. So as a coach, one of my primary functions, well, I don't know about primary because, you know, I work with, as I've mentioned many times, um, a lot of competitors, a lot of non-competitors as well. But for the competitors specifically, um, one of the big things that people are looking for is, you know, I mean, we've, we've got to... We've got a long road to hoe. We've got a lot to get through to get to show day. But when it comes to peak week and show day specifically, there's a lot of stuff that could potentially be going on. Now, I talked about peak week just a couple years uh, a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago. Feels like years. Time has been moving slowly lately. So um, I talked about peak week just a couple weeks ago, and my general philosophy there is, for mo in most cases, less is more. Um, the less you do to mess things up, the better off you're going to be. Just a couple of... Um, well-placed and well-timed small adjustments can do a world of good. Now, on show day, uh, you know, there, there's a whole different set of agenda. Um, you know, the, the focus shifts a little bit suddenly, you know, it, it's kind of weird because everything that we've been doing for, you know, the, the months leading up to peak week and up to show day has been all focused on fat loss, muscle retention. And then suddenly, you know, these last few days, our goal shifts completely. It's like, you know, we're not going to lose any more fat. 
what we have to do is is harden up, fill the muscles out, dry out, and then you know try and maintain that as much as possible. So the focus shifts a little bit. Um, so I get a lot of people who, you know, before we even pick a show and start prep, they're asking me like, what's peak week look like? What's the day of the show look like? And, um, so we've talked about peak week, but I want to talk about a, l- a little bit about day of show and not so much, um, not so much specifically like with regards to physiology and biology and body chemistry, what we're doing, but just what to expect on show day from a logistical perspective. And this is one of the questions that a lot of people have. Maybe they don't necessarily know how to ask it correctly, but um, you know, what happens on show day? Not so much like, what am I eating? I mean, of course, that's, that, that's a, a big question that is, is plan related, but what am I doing on show day? What the hell's going on? You know, what can I expect when I get to the venue? Um, and we're working with a lot of first timers. That is a big question because always the biggest question marks exist when you're going into your first show. Once you've done it once, then you kind of have an idea of what to expect and you go through it a second time and you're like, oh, okay, well, my first time was or was not a good good indication of what to expect this time around. And then, you know, once you've done three, four, five, six, ten shows, then you start to know what's up and what you will learn, and this may be a cynic's perspective, but I've been through enough of these to know, um, pretty much every time what you can expect is backstage so from the perspective of somebody competing it's going to be an absolute shit show there's going to be a complete lack of organization and an overabundance of chaos that's pretty much the one thing that you can walk into the show and expect and if that's not the case, consider yourself lucky. Um, but a lot of people get turned off from competing just because of how chaotic and disorganized it all is. My, my expectation and what I tell everybody is go into the show and head backstage and be ready for anything. Don't try and overthink things. I've had people say you know, that they actually reached out to the promoter and they were asking, well, what side of the stage are we going to be coming from? It, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're worrying about that, that tells me that you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing with your footwork and you're trying to choreograph each individual step. And so suddenly, you know, the width of the stage can throw you off. If a mark is placed in the wrong spot, that can throw you off. You're trying to be too rigid with it. And basically what you need to do in terms of your posing is, I mean, you've got to have a vocabulary of movements um, and transitions. And then wherever they put you, wherever you have to go, um, you always kind of stay in character. It's like acting, so to speak. You never really let your physique drop all the way. You always maintain a certain level of posture. The, 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 The point there is don't get so involved in trying to figure out every last little granular detail because um, here's what would happen. If you, if you were concerned about, well, what side of the stage are we going to be showing up on? And the promoter would say, oh, it's always going to be stage left. Okay, great. Well, what they meant to say was house left. It's actually the other side, you know, or something like that. Or maybe that's all well and good and they're planning on having everybody enter from stage left. But, oh, you know what? The venue, the people that were here the two days ago, they left this big thing here. And so it's blocking the stage left entrance. So we've got to have everybody come on the other side. I mean, you, you never know what to expect. Um, you go up and you, you go to the competitors meeting, or maybe if you're at a really well-organized show, they have an order of events posted on their website. So you know where you are in the lineups. You're like, okay, we've got meeting prejudging starts. And then, well, I'm going next to last. So I've got some time. So it can help you kind of put together, you know, your meal timing and that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? 
Um, I had a case uh, last weekend, I think, where they had the order of events set for finals. And uh, by the time finals came around, they decided they were going to change that up. So uh, <laughs> it's like it was printed, it was up on the walls, and then they started scribbling all over it and making marks. No, actually, this is going here, this is going here now. Um, and it was just a big mess. So the main thing is be ready for anything. I mean, it, it really, really... There, there's there's no way you can plan ahead for everything. So what you have to do is be adaptable. And this is the biggest piece of advice that I could give to anybody backstage. And that is pay attention. Take the headphones out. I know you want to just be in your own little world and just kind of disappear until you're needed. If you do that, you're, you're likely to miss your stage time or you're going to get tapped on your shoulder by a facilitator and they're going to say, hey, you're on stage in two minutes, which ends up being 30 seconds. Um, and you've got no time to pump up. You didn't get a time to get in any of your you know pre-stage um, you know, sugars or whatever you were trying to do. So uh, you've got to pay attention. You've always got to have an ear up. There, there will be facilitators backstage, one or more of them, that are calling numbers out and making sure that groups of people are ready to go on stage when the judges are ready for them. Those are the people you watch. Those are the people you listen to. Don't bother them unless it's something really important because they're busy and they've got a horrible job. I mean, it is really, really difficult. That being said, there are some really good ones and there are some that are really lousy as well. So if you've got a show where everybody is kind of ready to get up on stage by the time they're needed, that is because you've had one or more excellent backstage facilitators. And if you've got a show where people are like, wait, I'm ready, what, what? And it's just, it's not just one person, but it's just constant flood of, of nobody being ready. You got people running the, the show as facilitators that either haven't done it before or need to not do it again. Um, because it's, it's very much an OCD um, kind of drill sergeant type thing. If you've ever done anything in theater, you've got your stage manager that's responsible for, you know, setting props and, and getting people choreographed for scene changes and stuff like that. A stage manager and a backstage facilitator for a show, same type of personality, same type of mentality. Um, that's the kind of person that you want. It's a very unique skill set for somebody that can do that really well. So the main thing is don't go in expecting anything except that you're going to be on your own. You're going to have to pay attention. And then, you know, if there are other people there and you've got good facilitators that are there calling out numbers, great, all the better. But don't count on that. You know, I'll always be listening, uh, you know, have your ear towards the stage. Try and listen for um, notes from the head judge or if there's an MC for prejudging um, what's going up. Look at who is in line. You know, if you've got people and, you know, they're not totally in the zone, but they're in the wings waiting to go on stage, say, hey, what class are you in? And they'll be like, oh, I'm in open men's physique class C. Then you can say, oh, OK, that's where we are right now in the running. And, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Always make sure that you know where you are in the progression of of classes going out and always try and and make an estimate on on how long it's going to be and just know that you know um bodybuilding and women's physique um can sometimes take a little longer because you have more mandatory poses to go through. But sometimes women's physique, bikini, and figure can take longer because there might be more people in those classes. So big classes will take longer for the judges to look at. Um, but smaller classes still can take some time just because you've got to run everybody through some mandatories. If you have like open bodybuilding classes that have nine or ten or more guys in it, those classes are going to take a while to get through because they're going to do a couple call-outs. Um, they're going to move some people around. They're going to go through a round of mandatories 
after every adjustment so it can take some time. So um, just keep in mind, nobody's doing routines. I'm talking largely about NPC shows here, but for prejudging, nobody's doing routines or individual walks. Usually, the other thing is that there have been exceptions to that as well. The show down here in Chattanooga recently, I had a client who was doing that, and they had um, all the figure competitors do uh, individual walks as part of prejudging. Like, what? Okay, we roll with it. You know, I mean, expect the unexpected. And if you're just ready for that, you're listening, you're paying attention, you're not going to get caught off guard um, the same way as if you've got your nose buried in a book or your headphones on. Um, and, you know, we're, as a coach, uh, I work with clients all over the country. I can't be at all the shows. Um, so I'm trying to do everything that I can remotely um, just to make sure that people are paying attention. So I'm, I'm sending text messages randomly throughout the day. Where are they now? How much longer? You know, who's on stage right now? Uh, not so much because I need to know, but because I want to make sure that whoever I'm working with is paying attention. <laughs> and, and they know that they are, they are going to be ultimately responsible for making sure that they are ready for it. So anyway, a little bit about what to expect on show day. Um, the main thing is expect the unexpected, um, be flexible, and just be able to roll with it. I wanted to do a quick little segment here. This one won't be too long, I don't think. But um, this is specifically for people who are in the market for an, uh, a coach. Um, and so I, I <laughs> this is one of those um, segments of self-preservation, I should call it, since, since I am a coach. Um, I just want to make sure that people, if you're looking to hire a coach, I want to make sure that you are armed with information that will help you make an informed decision. And so inherently, a segment like this should rightfully be seen as a plug for yours truly. So, hey, you know what? It's free podcast. I don't feel too bad about <laughs> shilling my own services here. Here. That's actually how I make a living. That's how I pay the bills, um, not from this podcast, which uh, uh, has only cost me money, actually, with all the equipment that I've had to buy in order to produce it. But I have no complaints. I, I do it because I enjoy it. So um, how to pick an online coach. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of uh, inquiries from people lately, and they're, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, they, they come via all different manners, you know, people through my Facebook page, um, a lot of people through Instagram, um, through my website. Um, it, it just varies. I've had people cold call me, just send me text messages out of the blue. So, and I, I get it just because everybody communicates in different ways. And, uh, you know, I, I have had and have searched for coaches for myself in the past, just because I've said this before, I always work better under the guidance of somebody else. You know, I have, a bunch of my own clients that I have to worry about, I do better when somebody else is worrying about my planning. Um, and right now I'm, I'm on my own. I'm doing okay with it. Actually. I feel pretty good about it. Things are going pretty well. Um, but there, there will be times where I'm like, eh, boy, I, I should really be looking for a, uh, a coach just cause I need to step it up. You know, I, I need to get out of my own head a little bit. And that's really what it comes down to. And I work with a lot of people like this as well, who they kind of know what to do, but they want somebody else to just take charge of it. You know, a lot of my clients are trainers themselves. They, they pretty much know what to do, but having somebody else tell them the hard stuff, like, I know you don't want to do this, but you need to, that kind of stuff is, is very helpful. So, um, you know, I had, uh, uh, one, one, um, client here, I'm, I'm or not client, but a, uh, somebody who reached out for information. This is via Instagram. Um, not, uh, you know, I'll keep them anonymous here, but, um, they said, uh, cause they, they just sent me an Instagram message and the initial thing was, um, you know, just asking if I, if I do online coaching, they've always thought about wanting to do a show, but have never done it. So I just chat a little bit back and forth with them. And, um, 
one of the things that they said here was awesome. Uh, said, uh, that, that's great. And you actually reply. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you know, I get messages. I try to reply to them. And I know that seems like a weird concept to a lot of people out there, but it is the truth. Um, and then later on in the discussion, because I said, hey, you know, um, they're not ready to do it, uh, to, to get going with anything just yet, just because they've got some stuff coming up that they want to get out of the way first, and that's all cool. But I said, you know what? Let's just do a quick evaluation. Let's take a look at some photos and what you're doing right now. And if it's going to be a few months before you're ready to go, at least let me look at where you're at right now, give you a timeline, give you some a, a couple of bullet point agenda items for things to focus on going forward so that you can kind of prioritize things for the next few months. And then when you're ready to sign up, then you'll be in a better place then than you are now, ideally. So, and they said, great, thanks so much. And thanks for getting back. I've contacted at least 10 people about prep. One person replied, but never gave, uh, gave any information and the others never replied at all. That is common. And I can say that's common from my own experience in searching for a coach as well. A lot of people just don't respond. And I'm just thinking, I'm over here thinking like, Man, must be nice to have, to be so flush with business that you can just afford to ignore people that are asking for your services. Um, now, I've reached out to a couple people um, in the past and gotten responses like, yeah, I'm not accepting clients right now. All right, cool. I can understand that. Or I'm only accepting clients for contest prep. I'm not expect I'm not accepting any clients for general um, general transformation or anything, which is what I was asking for at the time. I wasn't interested in doing prep for a show, um, which... I think it's kind of lousy. I mean, you can specialize in contest prep, but still, I mean, if anything, you work with somebody who's not doing prep, your job is a little bit easier because you have everything except all the stuff specific for the show. So I don't know. I mean, you know, as a coach, you get to set your own terms and work with the people that you want to work with. I just thought that was kind of weird. Um, a lot of people who just don't respond. And I, um, you know, I emailed one guy um, and uh, just said, hey, inquiring about this. And it got to the point where I was sending initial messages that had a lot of information in them. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, send out an email that says, hey, you accepting clients? And then just send it and then just see if I get a response rather than put a whole bunch of time into, into writing out um, a, a big welcome email. So um, one coach in particular took about seven days to get back to me and that was all it took. I'm like, no, nah, if it takes you seven days to respond um, and not even like a, hey, sorry for the delay. I was out of town or anything like that. But just take seven days to respond with a one sentence reply. I'm like, nah, that ain't going to cut it. And I, uh, I was talking with a guy in the gym who actually uses this guy as his coach. And I didn't know it at the time. Um, but we were just talking and he's like, oh yeah, so-and-so is my coach. I'm like, hey, I, I emailed him once. It took him like a week to get back to me. And he's like, yeah, he, he's a lot easier to get a hold of through Instagram messaging, actually. I'm like, well, why does he have his email on his Instagram profile then? I don't know. Anyways, it's, it's weird. People are weird. So I don't mind however people reach out to me. I know that some things work better for other people's, I, uh, for, for different people. I try to keep track of everything. The main point that I wanted to talk about in this segment, though, is when you are looking for a coach and it is a coach that you are planning to work with online and you are looking over results that this client is that this coach is showing that they have achieved with clients make sure that these are results from clients that they work with online because it is absolutely for most people a lot easier as a trainer or coach to get results with somebody that you see in person and so if you are working, if you are looking at working with a coach, you're like, wow, well, they've trained so-and-so and so-and-so, and man, that's awesome. 
figure out if they if they work with that person in, uh, if they if they work with that particular client in person. A lot of the times, yes, that is the case. And even if it's not regularly, if it's somebody that they can see in person periodically, um, that does make things a lot easier. If it's somebody where they can come in like once a week or once every two weeks for a training session and meet in person, that makes a big difference. And so suddenly, um, what you have here is somebody who can maybe get really good results consistently with people who are in person, but online doesn't translate because there, there's just too much value being added from the in-person work that is not available to, to clients who you're working with online. And I've experienced that personally at least twice. Um, and and I've, I've fallen victim to that before, full disclosure. I'm like, oh, well, awesome, awesome. I, I want to look like one of this guy's clients. And then uh, it comes to find out, hey, you know what? There's apparently a lot of value being added in the in-person stuff here because this, this programming isn't speaking to me. Um, I got some issues with it. It's not really working for me. And, you know, it's it just a lot lost in translation. I try not to be super high maintenance or anything like that. I've been around the block a few times. I know it's expected. Um, but th there, there can be a huge difference between what you're able to achieve with somebody in person versus online. So when you're doing your research, that's another question to ask. Like, hey, do you work with people in person as well? Um, how, you know, do you, are most of your clients, do you see them in person or are most of them online? Um, you know, how do you treat them differently would be a big question as well. Um, and so if, if I'm being asked those questions, first of all, um, I only work with clients online. I don't do any in-person training at all. So whenever you see me post anything on social media, um, you know, I have a, a board on Pinterest that has transformation pictures. I have, um, if you go to my website and click on results, I've got a bunch of transformation pictures on there. Anything I post on Instagram, those are all people that I'm working with online, every single one of them, zero exceptions. So I am a pure online coach. Now, I have worked with people in the past um, before I was really doing contest prep. But, you know, I, I would say also, you know, if, if somebody said, you know, what, what's the difference between working with somebody in person and online? Um, I, I could still intelligently answer that question. I would say when you're online, you have to rely exclusively on photos and videos, you don't ever get to see the person face to face. Um, and, and oftentimes there's some subtleties that are lost there and it can be harder to see changes in photos, especially if the photos are not very good. Like if the person just has a bad lighting setup, isn't a great photographer, it can be very tricky, um, to see things that way. And the other thing is, and the big unknown is, um, if I'm not working with you in person, I don't know how you're training unless you let me see you. So, looking at video of training and getting feedback on that and incorporating that feedback is absolutely paramount. Um, it is not something where I'm willing to just say, oh, okay, I assume you're probably probably good with it. You probably know what you're doing. I, I get a lot of people who will tell me, and I've had a few of these people recently who've contacted me saying, I just need help with my diet. My training's fine. I'm like, time out. I bet your training isn't fine because if it was, you, you might not be searching for a coach. And maybe it's good, but it can always be better. Maybe it's great, it can always be better. Maybe your training is phenomenal, we can always squeeze an extra couple percentage points out of it. And that's that's worth it. And the longer you do it, the more important that becomes. The longer you train, the more important it come it becomes to get an extra one, two, three percent out of your training routine. So um, I don't buy that. You know, my training is fine thing. I always want to verify it. And you know, I've I've worked with people. I have a guy who signed up a few weeks ago, and we've been going through things, and I've been kind of harping on him for video. Um, and he he to, to be 
fair, he never said, and hey, my training's fine, but I'm like, hey, let's look at some video here. Um, you know, he's got a, a decent physique. So I figure, you know, he's got a good idea for what he's doing, but sometimes people have good physiques and I'm like, wow, I don't know how you're built like that because eh, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, but he finally, um, he, he sent me some video with his check-in this week and it was like, yeah, holy balls, this guy knows how to train. Uh, he's He's got no issues bringing it in the intensity department. Um, so I, I got a couple of videos of him. One of them was like a drop set that was like three and a half minutes long. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think we're good. I think we're on the same page here. That's good. Um, so anyway, uh, make sure that you can always uh, differentiate between what kind of results a trainer has been able to achieve with somebody that they're working with in person versus online. Um, because you will find... Um, a lot of trainers and a lot of coaches out there where all the things that you see are people that they happen to work with online. Um, you know, all the results that they post, like, here's my client so-and-so, here's my client so-and-so. And you're like, man, it's always the same two or three clients. And I always see pictures of you guys together, but you're an online coach as well. Where are some of the results from your online clients? Um, and oftentimes it's just, you know, they're, they're less underwhelmed. They're, they're, they're a little more underwhelming just because it is more difficult to train people online and if you're doing both, I would anticipate that typically the results from people that you work with in person are probably going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more consistently at a higher level. Um, and that's all there is to it. So I will be skipping the closing thought for this week. So this is the end. Congratulations. You've made it through another long slog, another episode of The Drop Set. Um, so once again, thedropset.com is live right now. As you heard before, we do have Q&A going on right now as well. So I am accepting any and all submissions. Give me a call. Now you've heard the Q&A segment here. You know how it works. You're like, oh, okay, that's what it's going to be like. So thank you, Um Oh, uh, thank you, Aaron and uh, Caleb and, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I can't remember. I can't remember. Emily, thank you um, for uh, all of you for uh, for uh, submitting your questions. I really appreciate it. I recorded that segment yesterday, so I was having to rack my brain trying to remember who the names were. So <laughs> um, anyway, thank you once again. The number for that, 865-518-2974. Um, check me out, 5starphysique.com, thedropset.com, Instagram, Darren underscore star, Pinterest, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Five Star Physique, Twitter, at Darren Star as well. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I'll catch you next week.